Hello and welcome back to 100% Real with Ruby. Today we have on Kylie Larson who is a former, let's just say, overdoer of the cardio, overdoer of the huffy puffy, the chronic under eater, the, 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 the person that was also once me that thinks more is better, that gets caught up in, oh, what if I just cut more and get more results? Or what if I just do more and get more results? It's people are taught first about fat loss, but we're not actually primed into the process. We're not taught about what needs to be in place for this process to occur. And we simply aren't really taught the importance of lifting heavy ass shit, challenging heavy ass shit. So I'm going to let Kylie take it away to bring in what she finds to be the biggest pillars to, to moving the needle and what it actually takes to start a successful fat loss phase. But we don't want to focus on fat loss. We want to focus on body sculpting. And in turn, we do get that fat loss. So, yes, I mean, the big pillars... It, it's so amazing. We love to make it complicated, but it really does boil down to just a handful of things. Number one, strength training, strength training over the huffy puffy, as you say, I love that, which is counterintuitive to what most of us have been taught or believe. The nutrition is absolutely the most important part. And when I, we say nutrition, we're not talking about eating less. We're talking about eating to support our activity level, eating to support our goals. Um, this isn't necessarily a pillar, but to go with the shift in thinking, instead of always thinking about losing fat or weight, focusing on building muscle. So then those first two pillars come into play, because if you're strength training with the intent of building muscle, you have to be fueling for that goal as well. The nutrition and the training have to match up with the goal. Sleep and stress management. If you are super stressed out, and you are not sleeping, you could have your nutrition on point and your training on point, but you don't have the time for those things to happen, like when you're sleeping and when you're resting. So sleep and stress management are a must, as well as rest. And then of course, mindset work. So that might've been five pillars, um, but they're all equally important and they're all interconnected. So this doesn't, you can't just stand on training. You can't just stand on nutrition alone. You have to integrate all of them if you want the long-term success. So, I mean, you know, if you did just focus on nutrition, that will work for a while, right? Especially if you just have fat loss goals, that will work for a while, but there will be a time when you hit a plateau and you have to implement something else. What do you implement? You have to talk, think about those other four pillars. That, like the, the body isn't just one system. Everything is so interconnected. And I love the way you put that. It's not about eating less. It's about eating to support your goal, eating to fuel your goal. And I'm going to quote one of my own clients. The biggest thing you taught me is that I'm not, I'm not eating less for fat loss. It's not about cutting food to lose fat. It's about fueling fat loss, not eating less for weight loss. And I was like, wow, that was powerful. It's yeah. like, Anyone can go on a crazy diet. Anyone can do hard shit for a week, maybe maybe six weeks. I know that you mentioned HIIT and doing all the interval training before I pressed record and we both have an F45. I don't know whether your F45 does it, but 
that like they have this nutrition protocol that includes cutting carbs and uh, does yours do it too? I don't know, but anytime a place like that has a nutrition thing, I just roll my eyes. <laughs> they have a 12 week challenge that includes you cutting out all these inflammatory foods like carbs, like be careful with fruits. Like it's, it's ridiculous how people can su- try to support. Let's make this a healthy lifestyle. Let's, let's create your dream body where in effect the nutrition isn't supporting that. So how, like, Let's talk about getting your body in a state to actually start making changes because let's face it, these days, no one is in that state. Everyone's tried a diet. Everyone's cut out foods, whether or not you are in a place that is like metabolically adapted or not, your mindset is still in that phase. Like you might be eating like a surplus of food, but your mind is still in a dieter's mindset. So regardless of whether you're physically in a place or physically not in a place to diet, you need to have, like you said, all the pillars together, your mindset and your your current nutritional state. So maybe you can talk about how we can kind of get them to get anyone to realize that it isn't just about putting you into a fatalist phase straight away. You should always have a stage before that called the primer phase where you're priming your metabolism you're priming your mindset and Mm -hmm. you're priming well you're preparing it's like the prep before the prep exactly before the phallus phase so i'll let you take that part away because it's sure i mean like you said i think people can grasp it from um the the metabolic standpoint they're starting to understand that but truly you have to prime your body for fat loss and you will know if you are not primed Because when you go into your deficit, if nothing happens, your body was not ready for fat loss. Like your body will tell you what he or she is ready for and what he or she needs. If you go from not tracking, you think you're eating a surplus and then your coach puts you in a deficit and nothing happens, either that's not your deficit or your body just straight up wasn't ready for fat loss. You need to spend more time priming your body. But from a mindset perspective too, You have to understand, we don't want to just lose fat or weight for a short amount of time. I want you to start thinking years, think long-term, 10 years down the road. Like each year you have the opportunity to add a layer. Um, And that's how I look at it. We don't just want to lose weight to go on vacation. We want to change our habits. We want to eat protein at each meal because it makes us feel good, not because we're trying to be shredded. We want to eat our vegetables because we know they're going to help us feel better in our digestion or gut health will be better. Not because we're on a diet. You have to understand that it's not just about how you look. It's about how you feel. And if you can make these changes, it starts to be who you are. So you're not always chasing a look like it is who you are. Um, you don't have to make as many decisions. So when you become that person who eats in a way that keeps them lean relatively year round, it's, it becomes easy. And, you know, a lot of people say this easy is earned. It is like for, I don't know if it's easy for you, Ruby, but I will say this lifestyle is easy for me now, but that's because I've been doing it for so long. And I also understand that I'm not, I'm not trying to be perfect. And I eat Doritos and I eat ice cream and I eat cookies and I eat Halloween candy. I eat whatever I want. 
just not all the time. And I don't need all of all that I want. And if I did have an episode like that, the next day, it would be like nothing ever happened. Like I wouldn't dwell on it. So that's what you, you just have to like take a step back. It's okay. What do I really want long-term? And I think that truly is the way to prepare yourself. I know I'm not going to reach my physique goal in this fat loss phase. And I think you made a post about this recently, Ruby. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're not going to, even if you do reach your physique goal, guess what? It's going to change. You're going to want to be leaner or you're going to want to be stronger or you're going to want, you're going to want something else. So it's constantly, the horizon is constantly moving farther away. So how can I make sure I'm going to stay in this game forever? And that's really what it's all about. Sustainable progress. Exactly. The thing that holds so many people back Mm -hmm. is the fact that they put a timeline on themselves. Like I actually said to a couple clients the other day, imagine where you can be and how much we can grow three years from now. And I immediately got a, what the fuck? Three years? How about 12 weeks? What if, what if I want to do a Spartan race? What if I want to do, I'm like, dude, I, I actually laid it out blunt. I'm like, dude, stop focusing on this stuff. The end. Yeah. Three years. And then I full stopped it. And I don't usually use full stops. And then she, she double tapped it and love hearted it. And like th- th- that same person has never felt better only one week later, because it's like, as soon as you get that mindset of I'm not in this for 12 weeks, I'm in this for life. And there is like, if you want to maintain it for life, why are you not taking it? in an approach that you can actually maintain for life? Why are you taking it in a 12 week thing? Because what happens after that? Like my biggest saying is you are not a before and an after because there is no such thing as an after. There's no before either. There's where you are now. And then there's all the during phases because if you're a before and an after, it's almost like, okay, so the after is the end. You drop dead after that. (laughs) Like what happens after the after? You need to consider that. Right. You, you mentioned it as well, where if you haven't been eating at maintenance for at least like almost a year and actually, yeah, yeah I, a year, honestly, because with, with the way the world is right now, that it's eating at that maintenance for a year, it's building up your habits, but maintenance is progress. It doesn't mean just because you're eating at maintenance, your body isn't going to change. Right. And it won't change if you don't focus on the pillars you mentioned. If you're doing right. puffy, puffy shit, and you're stressed the fuck out. <laughs> if mm-hmm. you're like, you can have your nutrition perfect in maintenance. You can be training every single day, which you shouldn't be in maintenance. Like, if you're not training intensely, but enough, not too much, just mm-hmm. enough, like train smart, eat the right foods, do all of that right. But you need to address stress, you need to address sleep, and mm-hmm. you need to address hydration as well. Like, all the, mm-hmm. all the biggest pillars that are kind of like the supporting base of a healthy lifestyle, then your body will start making changes in maintenance. Because Mm -hmm. if you're eating enough protein, which I actually recommend 2.2 kilos, I mean, 2.2 grams per kilo. If you're you're eating enough protein, you're going to be able to recomposition, recomp, recomp your body (laughs) recomp your body while you're in maintenance like that's the thing I've been living in maintenance for the last three years and Mm -hmm. my body has only just developed more my muscles have developed more my strength 
is mm-hmm. up and down all the time because I'm not focusing on just that's that's actually a big thing. I'm not focusing on just one bucket of let's improve my strength here. No, mm-hmm. I'm focusing on what I want, which is my body. I want I want my body to look a certain way, but I'm fitting it into my lifestyle. I'm not focusing on, oh, I just want the weight to go down. Oh, I just want to increase the weight here. No, because if I focus on just increasing the weight there, something else has to give, which might be my body composition. But mm-hmm. I want to feel good in my skin. I don't mm-hmm. want to be busting the tank because I have to lift every every single session. So maybe you mm-hmm. can speak about knowing exactly what it is that you want, which isn't attached to numbers. And the importance of this whole maintenance thing and how maintenance is progress. Yes. You know, I, I, I was about to say, I don't understand why people have such a hard time understanding that maintenance is progress, but I get it. Like people feel that you have to be chasing fat loss all the time, or you're not doing anything, which to me shows that you've got this all or nothing mentality. And I like to challenge people and say, can you be consistent in maintenance? Because if you can't hit your macros in maintenance, what makes you think you're going to be able to hit your macros consistently in fat loss? Like maintenance is easier. You have more macros to play with. So that's an opportunity to practice your consistency. Number one. Number two, maintenance is a time for you to stop hyper-focusing on macros, on weight loss, because it takes so much mental energy you could be doing so much more with your life. Like to me, that's one of the best parts of maintenance. I don't have to think about food all the time. I don't have to track my macros. I know I'm eating enough in my maintenance. I don't have to weigh every single ounce or gram. It's freedom. It, it is the freedom that we talk about with flexible dieting. It's true food freedom. Um, but then also changing your goals. Maintenance is also a time for you to focus on other things. And you don't always have to be focused on your deadlift PR. That's fun for a while. But then you can focus on form, technique. Then you could focus on running a half marathon if you wanted. Keep in mind, you're going to need to eat more during that to support your activity level. It's a time for you to explore all the other things. Maybe you're focused then on, am I eating a whole food diet? Do I have to rely on a bunch of protein supplements when I'm in fat loss? is my, you know how it is in fat loss, at least for me, it is. It's hard to get enough fiber in fat loss. In maintenance, you could really focus on that. You could go from 25 grams being your goal to 50 grams of fiber being your goal. So to me, maintenance is a time to truly focus on your overall health. And then you've primed your body for the fat loss. So then Fat loss can be fun and exciting. Like I'm not anti-fat loss. I will support clients' fat loss goals if they've done the work in the upfront. And then you will have a successful fat loss phase because there's nothing worse than going into a fat loss phase and nothing happening. I mean, I've been there. And when it's happened, first off, I had to double check myself. Kylie, were you consistently hitting your macros? Probably not. Second, Well, your body wasn't ready. You didn't do the work. That's on you. So um, maintenance maintenance is so important. And then to your last point, you should be in maintenance most of the year. Your fat loss phase should be the shortest time period, but it will still be a successful fat loss phase. And then you have to take the exit route of your reverse diet to get back up to your maintenance. I cannot wait to dig into this reverse diet more with you. Because there is something I do want to touch on, and that's 
the fact that we keep liking ourselves to this bodybuilding mentality of you need to cut, you need to build, you need to cut. It's like, no, you're not needing to cut and build. You're needing to create a body for life. Like you're not yeah. cutting for one day and going to the extremes of a bodybuilder to need to then bump your calories up by like 600 grams for 600 grams, 600 calories for some recovery diet when there's nothing to recover from. Like yeah. diet for lifestyle and it is a reverse that we need. But then there are so many people out there saying, oh, re- reverse diets are stupid. You need to bump your calories up right away. It's like, well, not if you do it the right way because yeah. you're not meant to be dieting to such extremes that you require that. You're doing mm-hmm. it in a way that makes it, like you mentioned it, if you enter a fatless phase when you're not ready, you could be doing all the things right. But what does right mean? Like mm-hmm. you weren't mentally ready for it. You're not able to stay consistent. You're probably mm-hmm. not even realizing that you're you're not putting the intensity you used to put in. It's like, I don't know about you, but some people will start a phase, a program, and they make amazing results. And then 10, 12 weeks later, there's no progress. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, are you attacking everything with the same intensity as you did when you first started? Mm-hmm. And it is so hard to do that if all you're focused on is this end goal and not making it something that's fun and exciting and I didn't I mentioned this many times before but when I did my mini fat loss phase for when I did my half marathon earlier this year my weight fell off like that because I've been living in maintenance for over three years and my maintenance my maintenance has gone from 1600 calories to 2600 calories like I was yeah I'm I'm sitting around 26 2700 now whereas i I built my aerobic base. I did the cardio work to build up my little mitochondria energy producing <laughs> cells. If I try to say it in simple terms, the things that break down energy, do all the kind of work, you need to have that healthy. And this mm-hmm. is actually a good point for you to go into now, but you can be in a calorie deficit and not lose weight mm-hmm. because you can tell everyone it's a calorie deficit, Karen. But that's the thing, like, it's not a it's not a calorie deficit because yeah okay on paper you're on a calorie deficit but how about your cells like I was mm-hmm. just saying the mitochondria I know it's a I know it's a crazy word for a lot of people listening to this but let's just think of it as the atoms that make up everything that there is you can't mm-hmm. have atoms doing their magic without the mitochondria functioning it's like the engine it's it's your metabolic engine you need to mm-hmm. have them functioning but if you're stressed out that those those little cells aren't going to be doing what they need to do so then okay your body might well your eyes might see a calorie deficit on paper but your body isn't experiencing that it's too stressed out for that so bringing you back to the whole how how long does a reverse diet need to last or how (laughs) why 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 can't i actually enter fat loss right now kind of process oh it's and to me this is one of the hardest conversations to have with clients you know like you're not ready for fat loss because I get it you know you don't feel comfortable in your skin but you want fat loss but as a coach you know she's not ready for fat loss nothing's gonna happen um so how long it's hard to say right we cannot say we can't say how long for sure and we cannot tell you what's going to happen for sure but let me tell you this my first reverse diet my, was over a year. It was basically a year and a half reversing because I started at like 1200 
and built up. Now, when I first started working with my coach, um, I think I was eating around 1600. We didn't know what I was going to do. Just like when you and I take on a client, you kind of have to, you got to take a month at least to get to know what's going on with their body. So when nothing was changing at 1600 calories, we dropped to 14. And then I think we got to 12. And if nothing's changing, that's a great sign that it's time to reverse diet. So we went from 1200 calories all the way up to 2400 over the course of 16 months. There was one small, um, mini cut in there. I led a yoga retreat. So he let me do a mini cut and I was above 2000 calories, but how long is going to depend on how long were you dieting before? How severe was your deficit? Uh, what's your diet history like? And what, what are your maintenance calories? Now that's a moving target. So we can estimate what your maintenance calories are, but we really don't know for sure until we get in there. But beyond that, maybe right now your maintenance calories are like you said, 2000 calories, but you can build your metabolism up to 2,600 calories. So, but, so my first reverse diet was a year and a half. Now I can reverse diet in three months. No problem because I can go more aggressively Yeah, because my body is now adaptable. I have that flexible metabolism that we want, not the fast metabolism. That. And that's why fat loss is also hard for my body because I'm so adaptable. My, my body knows what's up. She, she's like, this bitch is doing another fat loss phase. Fuck her. She does not. My body does not like fat loss. Right. And I think, you know, that's because I spent that time like you doing back-to-back shows. But now that I only do one fat loss phase a year, I'm kind of excited to see. And I only do that for fun, really. Not because I feel like I need to lose fat. Just like I'll book a photo shoot or something. Um, so how long is like a loaded question? It depends. If you can't, if you can't see Kylie on YouTube and you're listening to this on whatever podcast platform you're listening to it to, she's actually pretty damn lean. And that's the thing, like she is living the leaner lifestyle and we are both walking the talk. Like we, uh, we learn lessons as we go and we can slip into those behaviors again. But the thing is, we know that, we are fueling our body. We are lifting heavy weights. We are trying to build our bodies, build muscle. And it. this is actually more and more important the older you get because the older you get, the less anabolic you are, the less likely you are to build muscle, the less likely you are to let go of fat. And to add into how long does a reverse diet take, you need to also assess your lifestyle. Like if you are someone that is highly stressed out, you need to really, really reassess where you want to take your body and the approach that you take because going too hard or trying to chase fat loss when you're not yet consistent with what you're doing and mm-hmm. consistent doesn't just come in terms of sticking to nutrition it is that stress management as well and wow. I don't even know if you can talk enough on how important stress is but an adaptable body is the body that you want to get because you want to be able to adapt to your environment instead of it's almost like people say, don't be reactive, be proactive. Yeah. If, if your body is able to like adapt, not your body really, it's your mind. Your, your body follows your mind. If you mm-hmm. can adapt to any situation and make this part of your lifestyle, you're not going to be raiding the pantry every single time. Shit no. the fan. Yes. And the, so that I want to talk about two things there, but let's talk about that one first. 
a lot of people deal with like late night eating, binging, whatever. When you fuel your body properly, you will not binge anymore. If you are binging, your body is saying, bitch, I'm hungry, right? <laughs> I mean, I like, I think back, the only time I had any binge issues was when I was competing. It's not a coincidence. Like I can have Oreos in the house. I can have cinnamon toast crunch in the house. I can have ice cream in the house. They last forever because I know I can have them anytime I want them. But if I were to like compete or something, it would be a different story just for several reasons, because I knew I wouldn't be able to fit them in. Like, it's a mental thing. You tell me I can't have it. So we want it. That's human nature. But also if you're hungry, if you're hungry, you're hungry and you're going to grab whatever's available. So that's point one. But then point two, with the consistency, it's not just about macros. So I did a reel about this. Like it's, it's one hard pill to swallow, right? You're not consistent. It's not your hormones. You're not consistent. And a lot of people came at me like, um, what do you know about me? And I'm like, I'm not talking about being in a deficit all the time. Not that. I'm talking about managing your stress. Are you getting your steps in? Are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? That kind of stuff. That's the consistency I'm talking about. If you address the lifestyle factors, that's going to help your case. And then the third point about that is when you do decide to go into a fat loss phase, you need to make sure it's the right time. Like, or is it a busy season for you at work? Are you a teacher who's going back to school and you have back to school night and teacher night and all that stuff? Not a good time. Um, are you, uh, an, uh, what are those, the tax person, are you an accountant? April, not a good time for fat loss, right? You need to be strategic about when you can plan it. When are, when's the least amount of stress? And really, I think for each person, there is probably one opportune time. Like I would, I don't think it's fair for anyone in the States to be in a fat loss phase, October through January. It's just, that's the holidays for us. It starts with Halloween. Then you got Thanksgiving and new year's. Live at maintenance, yes, but we don't need to be in a deficit during that time of year. You're just setting yourself up to fail. So, you know, think yeah. about when you put your fat loss phase. I love that you actually mentioned the mindset part of the whole restriction thing as well, because it's like, yeah, cool. But if you're already mentally restricting yourself or you're mentally worried about what what's going to happen if you, like during the holidays, People want to look, well, here it's harder because it's our summer. People yeah. want to look good for summer. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you can look good for summer, but that's what the rest of the year is for. Like, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't do that shit starting in spring and expect to just literally spring out of your shell and look like a badass bitch. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And if your mindset is that of, oh, I fucked up, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep this going. It's the holidays anyway. Yeah. It, it's not what happens on that one day. You need to have a plan. And people demon like it's either one extreme or the other. It's either anti diets or pro diets. It's like no. Yeah. How about always having a freaking plan, regardless? Because yes. having a plan does not mean being restrictive. Being strict about your goals does not mean being restrictive. Strict with flexibility. Strict with flexibility within a plan. You need yeah. a plan to succeed. And it's it's focusing on fueling for your goals because if you're not going to have, if you're going to sabotage yourself during the period where you can actually enjoy maintenance more, then mm-hmm. what's going to happen after that? You're going to live in regret. You're going to feel like you're always missing out. And then it's going to mm-hmm. start. I have, this, I have this analogy. It's like going into a marathon. 
without having slept the night before and without having eaten a meal before training. Mm. Going in, not fueled, you're going in without a sleep. That is how you're starting off the year. Not good. So when it comes to, I guess, building our dream body, I really want you, because you have a lot of experience with different case studies that you can bring in so people do actually realize you do get results this way. But Mm -hmm. lifting weights, ditching the huffy puffy and eating enough food because you mentioned this in a post and I said I had the same same experience. Hearing your macros, I can't eat that much. But (laughs) but the thing is not everyone tells us they can't eat that much. They just go, they just, they're like, okay, maybe I'll I'll skip breakfast. It's okay. I'll just, I'll just start eating from lunch because there's too much food on this plan. A lot of the times they don't even tell us they're not eating all their food because it looks like too much. This isn't a fat loss plan. Shouldn't I be eating less food? And Mm -hmm. then there's the other case where it's someone who just physically says they can't eat that much food. But then I had this case and then I had a girl go to Subway and say, is this the right entry? She screenshotted something on my fitness pal. I'm like, nah, you're picking a foot long. That's not the six inch. She's like, yeah, I can eat a whole foot long. I'm like, were you just complaining about eating a bowl of yogurt with berries that was like half the size? She's like, yeah, that was too much food. I'm like, you're eating a foot long. She's like, yeah, that doesn't feel, that, that that's easy to eat. I'm like, okay, okay. This doesn't make sense to me. Maybe you can make sense of it and then explain it to me later. And then she's like, I don't know. It's just so much easier to eat. I'm like, I <laughs> like maybe you can ex- like bring in the fact that you can eat so much more food and lose weight if you mm-hmm. eat the right types of food, if you yes. have the right approach, if that- you are lifting weights the right way because it's metabolically expensive. Yes. I mean, so that's the thing too. So we just started a, the first week of my program and that's always the feedback. These people are getting fat loss macros and they're like, oh, I can't eat this much. And I'm like, it's not that you're eating more. You're eating more of the right foods. So protein is going to feel like it's more, but also beyond that, it's the fact that you're eating consistently. So you're not under fueling Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday, and then going off the rails on the weekends. You're eating 1800 calories every single day. So your weekly average is actually going to go down. So people don't realize that also with the subway thing, Highly palatable foods go down really easy. Like those foods are designed for us to be able to eat them. They don't satiate us. They don't fill us up in any way. They make us want more. That squishy, soft bread from Subway, you bet I could eat a foot long. I could eat like three of those foot, like just breads. But that's because they're hitting the reward center of my brain. It's not filling me up, but it tastes good. And I can't stop once I start. So that's that's part of it. Um, but then the second half of it is eating enough to feel, you know, lifting weights. What was the second part, Ruby? How it's actually metabolically expensive to. Oh yeah. So, you know, cardio, while it has a place, you just get better at cardio. So you, you get more efficient at it, which is a bad thing because that means you are now not burning as many calories when you run five miles. So the more you run five miles, the easier it gets, the less calories you burn. Awesome if you're training for a marathon, not so awesome if you're trying to burn fat. So what is going to help us burn more fat? Doing things that are metabolically expensive, like 
strength training because you have to have more muscle on your frame. It takes a lot of energy to support a muscular body. You can eat so much more. So, you know, it's not aesthetic goals aside. You might be someone who's not concerned with the way that you look. I doubt that you are, but if you are like someone like that, it's not about the muscles. It's about being able to eat more so you can have more freedom. And like you said, as we get older, it is harder for us. We lose the hormones that that are anabolic for us. So like, if you're not in perimenopause yet, you have to strike while the iron is hot. Like now is our time to build our bodies so that we don't have to keep chasing whatever once we're in our second half of life, like build the muscle now because it can be done later on, but it's a hell of a lot harder. So let's do it now so we can coast through the rest of our life and not always have to be grinding because it's going to get old. I mean, I love what I love this. Um, but again, I've come to the place where it's, it's easy for me now. Like I've done the work. Yeah. And we can all get there. Like I talk about it with my other, another woman that works with me. I'm like, is it hard for you? It's not hard. It's not. Because we practiced and we've earned the easy. It's who you are. It's not hard to make a good decision when I'm on vacation. It's not hard to find time to go get some steps in. It's part, it's the lifestyle. It's what we, it's who we are. Yeah. That's it. It's, who we are that's the thing it is so easy for us like I don't find it hard at all it's like the first thing I think about when I'm going on holidays is okay when can I fit in my morning walk not because Mm -hmm. not because of the fact that oh I need to get my steps in it's because no this sets me up for the most successful day possible I have a non-negotiable which is I need to move my body for one hour regardless in the morning and Mm -hmm. if I get in that one hour I feel amazing for the rest of the day And I haven't even got my one hour in this morning yet, but I will be soon because I know how it makes me feel. It makes Mm -hmm. me feel like I'm actually able to accomplish things. I feel more mental clarity. I feel like I ticked a bit, like people say doing the bed. I think I I never do my bed. I don't give a shit. No, dumb. Yes. (laughs) Stop stop trying to do this whole, oh, make your bed. It's set you up for success. Yeah. No, I'm not making my bed, mate. Mm -hmm. I I want to move my body for one hour. And then I feel like I can take on the day. It's like, I can, I can do that on any hard day. And I'll be like, yeah, I can still actually keep that consistency. And it actually proves to you that you can do hard things in hard times because it's an easy thing to do. But when life is challenging, it is a hard thing to do that you're still going to do. And like you mentioned about the muscle, you can eat more food. It's like, it's not just about eating more food, like you said. It's about this adaptability. And it's like, you can be more adaptable. You can Mm -hmm. eat a lot more carbs that way because you're able to use the carbs better. You're more Mm -hmm. insulin sensitive, AKA, you're able to actually break down food and use that food better instead of just just letting it lay dormant. It's like, you're building up so much capacity. Let's Mm -hmm. say your potential to create this body that you want. And the biggest thing, I want you to actually talk about this because people don't realize the importance of it highly palatable foods it's not about the fact that you can eat whatever the hell you want because the we have food around us everywhere it's knowing what to eat and when to eat it because just because you can eat it doesn't mean you should because Mm -hmm. if it's highly palatable you're going to be less satiated you're going to want more of it you're going to blow your calories easily and then Mm -hmm. you'll probably feel like shit and how weekends can easily sabotage you when people might be like a lot of 
it's funny that some people are actually so in, incognizant cognizant of the fact that they're doing some behaviors on the weekend that are sabotaging them. Like yeah. having an, they might have an extra slice of bread without even realizing because they're not in a weekday mentality. But yes. in reality, just just the littlest things on the weekend can really set you back, especially over time. Absolutely. You know, the weekends, all you have to do is go out to dinner, have a cocktail or two and eat a regular meal on the menu. It's going to blow your calories. You don't even think about it. Like if you, I'm not saying everyone needs to track their macros, but I will say go to a, a chain restaurant, have two margaritas and put in your meal. If you get some enchiladas and you eat chips and salsa, you're easily going to hit 2000 calories, <laughs> maybe even 3000. People don't realize what that's doing to their weekly average and to the highly palatable foods, like they're engineered. Some food scientist is out there designing foods that we can't say no to. So we buy more of them. And to me, they have too much power. So like, I'm like, I'm all about personal power and all this stuff. Like, I'm not giving anybody that much power over me. You can't make me eat this and you can't make me feel that way. So I'm like, if you think I'm going to let Nabisco make me like (laughs) lose control because I love Ritz bits so much, you got another thing coming. So I think just educating yourself about these highly palatable foods, like people who say they, it's so much food, like maybe they have like 200 grams of carbs. Oh, I can never eat 200 grams of carbs. Really? You ever open up a box of wheat thins? It's easy. 200 grams of sweet potatoes, not as easy, but it's because it's that, it's so tasty. Yeah. I I, I forgot to mention that because I loved that point you brought up last time. It's yeah, it feels like a lot of food because you're eating it consistently and you're eating it. You're actually eating in the day instead of waiting until Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when you just fuck up on the weekends. It's like, yes. no, keep it consistent and fuel your body because you'll change your body. You are fueling your activity for that day. If you have it all at once, it is so much more likely to get stored as fat and not be used because your body isn't using it for the right stuff. And mm-hmm. this is where everyone has a different starting point. If you're someone that is coming with a lot more fat to lose, then it becomes a lot more important when you eat your food, because if you're not eating it around movement, you're more likely to store it because your body isn't sensitive to it. Like it it can seem so daunting to people because it's like, I can't eat all of this food all the time, but then you're not realizing that that's exactly what you need to actually fuel the results that you want. You need to fuel for your results. And Mm -hmm. I, I actually loved it when you said it in one of your posts where it's, this has nothing to do with what I just said, but it does have to do with the mindset of it. But do you need new macros or do you just need to hit your macros consistently? And it's, you're not struggling with consistency. You're struggling with your mindset throughout the week. It's, you're not, mm-hmm. you're under eating during the week. Your mm-hmm. mindset, like even if you're not under eating during the week, you have a restricted mindset during the week and you're in the same thought process of, oh, it's the weekend, fuck it kind of thing. Yeah. But a bubble of that was the one that doesn't really relate. And that's if you're taking care of everyone else, who's taking care of you? You're not giving time to actually step back and really reassess where your body's going, where you're heading at. And then it makes it easier for you to fall into this process of I'm falling victim to to like my old thought patterns because you're not giving time to yourself. You're too busy being there for everyone else. You haven't yet slowed down to really reassess where you're at. And I know because that's why I stayed so, so stuck 
I was too busy caring about, like, if I wasn't trying to burn calories, if I wasn't trying to make sure that I maintain the lean body that I had, I was too busy trying to look after this person, this person, this person, and this person. And I didn't have time to just reassess my goals. And that's when my biggest, I, I'll trademark it to myself. My vision mapping came because it's not about what you want to achieve or what you want to look like. It's about how you want to feel. Like you mentioned, you mentioned it not that long ago. It's like, yeah, now you need to be able to shift your goalposts. I actually want to tag you in this post. I'm going to tag you in after this call because I put one up. But you you need to allow your goalposts to shift with you as you grow and evolve. Because changing your goals doesn't mean that you're any less of a person. It doesn't mean you failed. And I, I did put this up in a post already as well, but it's just because you have to let go of your old ways and let go of the time frame you once gave yourself, it doesn't mean you're failing. It means you've grown up. Congratulations. Right. You, you've grown up. Like that's literally the best way to put it. You've realized that this isn't going to be achievable in eight weeks or 12 weeks. It's going to be a mm-hmm. lifestyle and you're not going to be able to do some stupid Spartan race. You need to see it as years in terms of years not months, not weeks. And no. then you'll take that pressure away and you'll be willing to do the next best step. Get rid of that pressure and allow mm-hmm. yourself. It's, it's, it's almost like when there's so much pressure in a gas can, there's no space for anything. It's just pressure. And the, the biggest kicker with this whole situation is you're doing it to yourself. No one else is putting that pressure on you. You know, so you're doing that to yourself. You're setting the expectation to do all the things for everybody and try and be skinnier, leaner or whatever. No one's asking you to do that. So uh, there's this book. I I took this quote from this book called Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. And I can't remember which of them said it, but they said, put down the whip. And that's what I remind my clients. Who is whipping you right now? You are. I'm not telling you, you need to lose weight. Your husband isn't, your partner, whatever your situation is, your kids aren't telling you that. So why are you doing this to yourself? We're doing it to ourselves. Like we have to own that. And then another great quote from um, Glennon Doyle's book. You know, she says- Untamed. Untamed, yes. So she's talking, if anyone who's listening is a parent, like your kids don't need a martyr right? They need a mom who takes care of themselves. So you cannot put yourself on the chopping block, doing everything for everybody else, because all you're doing is showing your kids what's okay. But no one else can do it as good as I can. No. Yeah. Oh my God. I know you got to let go of control. Yeah. But yes, they can. But I need to, but I need to make sure that this person loves Leah. I need to, I need to be this, but like, I need to make sure that it's like people, that's, that's kind of the mindset that I always see people in there like, but I need to actually show my value to this person, show my value to oh, this the worthiness. Mm. Well, and that's really what it all comes down to. To me, it all, everything, everything comes down to worthiness. You're doing this because you don't think you're worthy right now. I mean, that's, we're all guilty of it. That's where you need to actually slow down in order to, in order to speed up. You put a post like that up and I'm like, hey, I have a saying like that. Yours was you need to re- reverse and reverse to go forward my my thing is you need to slow down in order to speed up yes it's so true because it's almost like if you're just pressing the throttle without actually putting your 
gearbox into drive you're mm-hmm. just you're, you're just creating smoke and crazy shit but yeah. if you actually slow down realize oh shit i didn't put my car in drive and then <laughs> you actually freaking drive it's like but it's actually so true because you were there i was there and we aren't aware of how we are making ourselves stuck and we mm-hmm. can't be aware until we pause and do that pause and actually ask ourselves, what is it that I am doing right now? Who do, how do I want to feel? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do to feel that way? And then comparing mm-hmm. the lists. Am I, am I in line with this? If not, mm-hmm. then what's the next step that I can take? Next mm-hmm. step, not next 100 steps. Next right. Step. <laughs> exactly. And I'll, get, I'll be guilty of that. No, but it, it's funny how it shifts, not so much with the physique anymore, but like with business. So I'll get anxious because I get too far forward thinking. I'm thinking about step 100 when I just need to back it up, slow down and focus on step one. It's the same thing. But coming back to that interconnectedness, once you master this with your physique, then you can translate it into other areas of your life. Or maybe you are already doing this in another area of your life. Maybe you are a successful fill in the blank. Okay, what makes you successful there? How can you apply that here? Because you have the skill set. Let's just apply it in a different uh, arena. I love that. It, it, because it is true. It's okay. So if you actually, I actually listen, I heard this in some athlete training pod and then I related it into lifestyle. It's okay. So you're doing all these things in the gym. You're pushing yourself in the gym. You're showing yourself you can do hard things. You're grinding yourself through an extra rep that you were about to bail on. You can relate this to other areas of your life. You start showing up better. And then I'm bringing it back to a client that is so guilty of this a hundred times over because we have this conversation every single week, but every single week there's a, there's an inch of progress, which is awesome. But she was putting her name forward for an awards thing. And she was stressing over making it like this perfect submission, blah, blah, blah. My, I'm going to say this again. Do you see how this leaks in from your training? Every single complaint on your training sessions is you can't do this. It's not perfect enough. You're sucking at this. Stop focusing on what you can't do and start realizing that you're not going to, you're not going to start off knowing how to do something. Stop mm-hmm. aiming for perfect and just focus on those little points of progress. And if you stop trying to be so perfect, you'll start to enjoy it more because you're not hating on yourself for not being able to do something. You're not mm-hmm. hating on yourself for being so far away from where you're at. And I was that person. The, to sum up that whole that whole spiel before I let you kind of end on some super important note is, <laughs> super important note, is I used to be someone that always used to compare my physical to someone else's physical. I would look mm-hmm. at people, I'd send them to my coach and he'd be like, stop fucking, like he." My coach is someone that's literally that blood. He's like, stop fucking comparing yourself. I don't want to see another progress photo. I mean, I don't want to see another photo of someone else. And then before I know it, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There's just one more. Can you make me look like this? I was <laughs> so bad. But I realized the other day after I read someone's post, holy shit, I have not compared myself to someone in years. And yeah, when I say years, I mean, when I stop focusing on chasing a weight, when I stop focusing on chasing a body and I just realized how much I freaking love what I do like six months of lockdown I hated going into my shed to the point where sometimes I'd cry at the fact that I had to face my shed again but Mm -hmm. I still showed up because it's what I do it's who I am and Mm -hmm. I maintain I actually maintained 
lower than my average body weight because I maintained my habits. I kept eating the way that I usually eat. But the best thing about that is now I have so much more capacity to boost my food up to the point where I'm actually going to be increasing my food to 2,800 calories next week. Well, actually this week because it's the end of the week. So <laughs> in two days time, I'll be increasing it to 2,800. Whereas before I, I didn't have that adaptability. I didn't have that flexibility. If, if I looked at food, I'd gain weight. It was that mindset of, but that's the thing. That's the power of your mind. Like you can look at food and gain weight if you're constant, constantly stressed mm-hmm. out. We're not going to end on what I wanted to end on. We're going to end on that because that's actually so important. Um, you, you Like you have, have your 12 to 16 weeks max in your fat loss phase. And then you need to reverse and get out of it. Because mm-hmm. if you're always in a deficit, your body's going to adapt there. Yep. And in the process, you're going to lose muscle. You're going to lose metabolic capacity. You're going to lose your, your I was going to say your wife and your husband. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but you'll look like you'll have shittier relationships. Everything. Will yeah. Be your libido goes down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's you, you have to be strategic and you, you cannot spend longer than a short period of time in that fatless space if you want to get the best results out of it. Mm-hmm. But this is where that whole, I look at food and gain weight comes from because mm. you're constantly in that state. Your body is so metabolically adapted, mm-hmm. but not just that you probably could be binging without even realizing, but if you're in a stress state, your body can't metabolize food. It cannot. No. You're like, I'm, I'm going to let you finish on that note because you can take this to oblivion because it, like, the, it is so important that if we're stressed out about eating a food, it's going to show. Yeah. I mean, bottom line is you will not release the weight unless you, your body feels safe. Your body is not going to release the weight unless you feel safe. So if you are always sending signals of I'm being chased by a tiger, I am not eating enough, your body is going to hold on to it. So your body, your body is only responding to the signals that you are sending it. So you have to ask yourself, what signals am I sending? Am I sending signals that I'm starving? Am I sending signals that the world is going to end tomorrow? Because if that's the case, you're going to store fat as long as the day is long. Once you start to chill and that's on you, like you have to be the one that takes stuff off of your plate. Even if your partner does not load the dishwasher the way you like it, even if no one makes the bed the way you do, even if you go to bed with dishes in the sink, even if the laundry doesn't get folded, that's what it's going to take. You have to tell your body you are safe. uh, You are loved. (laughs) Like it, it is that mindset too, because it's also the way we're talking to ourselves. You can't constantly be saying, look in the mirror and say, oh, I'm fat. Oh, I'm fat. I need to do this. I need to do that. Your body hears that. Your body, you, what would you do if someone was telling you, I'm fat? You're, you're fat. You wouldn't do what that person wants to do. She doesn't love me. Why would I do what she wants to do? I'm always a failure. I always, I've been doing this for years. I can't do this. I keep failing. Like you're repeating a cycle by telling yourself that. And mm-hmm. it's not the fact that, oh, I just need, like, it's hard for people to realize that, well, actually it's hard to get people to believe that as soon as you start accepting yourself and speaking to yourself with love change happens. So yeah. it's not just about telling people that, but just changing your narrative from where you are right now. You don't need to accept yourself right now if you can't do that, but you need mm-hmm. to change the way that you, like 
you need to just take the smallest steps so you start believing in yourself again because of course you're always going to fail if what you're failing if what you're failing at like what's your meaning of consistency I actually want you to end on that part the perfect oh sure okay yeah so we were talking about consistency and I honestly believe I think your clients are probably a lot like my clients they feel like they have to be perfect all the time if they're off on their macros it's like the worst thing in the world no don't confuse perfection with consistency. We don't need you to be perfect. We just need you to have more hits than misses. You can do that. You can do, you can be on more than 50% of the time. Hopefully it's going to be more than that, but maybe that's where you start. You don't have to be perfect. We don't, I don't even want anyone to be perfect. Ew, right? I like perfect. Ew. I don't like that. People don't like perfect people. We like real. So just do the best you can. Be consistent and you're going to get so much farther in a year than you would if you were perfect for seven days out of the week, but you couldn't keep that up. So you just stopped. And everyone, if you haven't read Atomic Habits, like that's the whole thing that James Clear is about, like small daily steps versus perfection for seven days and then stopping because it's too hard and I can't do it. Just do the math. You're going to get so much farther. I love that. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave that there because that's the most powerful thing that you can go away with, which is it's about aiming for more hits and less misses. And I will say in my terms, it's not about ticking all the boxes. It's about minimizing the crosses. So keep that in mind when you plan ahead for the next week, seeing as this is going to be released on a weekend well on a Sunday going into Monday so <laughs> take that with you and I will let Kylie just mention anything else that she wants you guys to take note of I'm going to be putting her Instagram handle below but yeah thank you for coming on is there anything you want to leave us with yeah, no, thank you. And, you know, I'm real, there's a lot of information out there. And I think that's the big thing. Like we're drowning in information, but starving for knowledge, right? So who are you getting information from? If you're getting information from Ruby, if you're getting information from myself, like you are in good hands. You don't need to go seek out anybody doing anything crazy. Just stick with Ruby, right? And you're going to be fine. <laughs> Do what Ruby says. It, it's as soon as you start mixing all the information that you do start getting confused and then you start doubting yourself. It's like, no, just keep it simple because yeah. you can listen to all the books, you can get all the audio, but it's until you take action on one direct step that's the correct step mm -hmm. that you're going to start seeing results. So I yeah. cannot thank you enough for coming thank on. You. And it's this chat is just gold. So if you like it, don't forget to share it, tag us both, and I will see you on the next podcast. Thanks, Ruby. Bye.